You are listening to Super Yacht Radio. And hey, this is Dave Dempsey coming live to you from Palmerton, Mallorca, um, where today we're having a roundtable discussion uh, with a, a fantastic panel, I must say. I have to thank you all. And let me just go through who's going to be involved in our chat this afternoon. Uh, the subject matter is mental health within the super yacht industry and um, and whether or not it's, it's growing and well it's going to be an open discussion so we'll, we'll just go with it as it goes. Today we're joined by Roger Harris who's the executive director of ISWAN. We've also got Debbie Cavaldoro. I know I good afternoon. I didn't do that with very good Italian accent. Debbie <laughs> Cavaldoro, who's the head. That's lovely. It's nice, isn't it? Debbie Cavaldoro, um, who's the head of strategy with Nautilus, Nautilus International. Uh, we've also got Tim Clark, the MD of Key Crew. Colin Squire, hopefully, will be joining us soon. He was meant to be with us today. And uh, we've also got Captain William Gould. Good morning, team. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good evening, even, no matter where you are. Wherever you are in the world. Um, As I said in the the intro, uh, we're here to discuss mental health, I suppose amongst seafarers in general, but in particular, uh, we're focused on the super yacht community, and so we'll probably steer it that way, if we may. Um, Over the past several months, there's been some fantastic reporting done and, and statistics drawn up. And um, we're, well, we're not sure. There, there seems to be an increase in mental health issues or, uh, oh, sorry, forgive me. I didn't introduce Maeve as well as <laughs> with us. My apologies. Um, there seems to be an increase in mental health issues amongst seafarers or possibly an increase in the reporting of them. And that's kind of here what we're here to discuss today. If I could, Roger, uh, start with you, uh, because uh, obviously ISWAN is, uh, is very well known as a resource for seafaring people to go to. If, if I could use the term, it may be inappropriate or wrong, but if I could use uh, the Samaritans of the ocean. And um, if I could ask you, Roger, what, what's your impression of the state of, of the industry? Um, well, th- thanks for this. Um, I mean, just generally, uh, you know, in terms of, um, you know, mental health in, in, in society at large, I mean, it's generally acknowledged that uh, uh, about 25% of us will have some mental health issue, uh, uh, you know, in, in, in one year. So um, that, that's quite, a, you know, quite a large uh, number of people that's going to uh, have issues with their mental well-being. I, I mean, as far as we're concerned, I'm, I'm, I'm main focuses around uh, the merchant seafarers we run a 24-hour helpline and but we, we have been taking uh, more calls from super yacht crews uh, and, and then we did this study uh, last year that we, we issued a report in November and in, in that report uh, I think um, a, a number of people said they a high number of people uh, experienced stress uh, on board and also uh, a large number uh, uh, I think 45% of the respondents uh, said they'd suffered from uh, social isolation or loneliness uh, so I, 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 it's hard to gauge uh, whether there's an increase 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, Probably a, mi- a mixture of both. And I think... I think S- sorry, Roger. We, for some reason, we're, we're losing you there. Okay, can you still hear me? Yes. Yeah, you're back yeah, no. now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah, I, I think 45% of, of the respondents to our survey uh, had said that they suffered from social isolation or loneliness uh, while, while working on board. So, uh, um, it, it, as I say, I mean, I, I think there's more awareness of the issue and people are... Uh, I, I think that although there's still a lot, a lot of stigma still, I, I think people are... Uh, are, are, are starting to, um, you know, present uh, to 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 talk about their, their mental well-being in um, um, a, bit, a bit more. But I, I mean, on the other hand, uh, um, with the survey that we did, people said it's a stressful job, the long hours, uh, there's lots of fatigue, uh, there's there's burnout um, as well. So I think I think it. it, it, um, it it, it is an issue, and, and I think there's more awareness of, of, of the issue. Could I ask, Roger, um, is it, in your survey, did you find it was disproportionate given different age groups? And, and what I mean by that is we had a, a discussion the other day with Captain Ian Flockhart, and we spoke about millennials, which are a completely different breed as it were, in, in that they've grown up, um, uh, well, as the name said, with that kind of millennial badge, where there's different expectations. Um, do you think, that, from your research, did you see that in this this feeling of isolation, um, of stress and anxiety, was uh, more weighted towards the millennial group, or do you see that? It's uh, it's across the board pretty even keel. Um, I, I think when we did it, I don't think we really broke it down uh, by by age groups that that particular um, um, sort of question. But I, I think uh, more women uh, said that they uh, um, you know um, experienced socialisation than the men. Uh, and, I, and I think again, if you draw out, the, you know, the general population statistics, like UK statistics, uh, I, I think um, I haven't got the figures in front of me, but I think I think the biggest group who are at risk of suicide are, are, are I think, men between the ages of about 25 and 35. You know, it, it is the younger people that I think generally uh, have you know, more issues uh, with the mental well-being, particularly in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, Debbie, I, I know Nautilus have also been um, acutely aware of, of the mental health in uh, within the crew fraternity. What's your take on, on the trends and the situation? I think there are people are much better at recognising and looking after their mental health now. So I think people are much more aware of it being a factor. Um, so are more likely to raise it and seek help. But the fact that we're still seeing such high suicide rates among men um, of, of that middle-aged yeah, the younger um, age bracket still means that there's there's issues out there that we have to deal with and find a way that people can seek the help that they need before they end up with that very final solution um, and actually are able to seek help so there's, there's clearly still a problem there that we are seeing such high figures of suicide rates generally um, but 
particularly at sea, you know, there's a lot of things that lead to, to poor mental health. Um, isolation, as Roger said, being one of them. But there are other issues that, that are causing issues with mental health that we think would be easier to solve. Um, you know, one of the main um, stress causes is in financial insecurity and when you look at some of the ways that contracts work particularly in super yachts they're quite short-term contracts so people are constantly having to worry about where their next contract's going to be or whether they're you know they're going to get paid for the contracts that they're on all of these things have a damaging effect on mental health and are things that should be quite easy to solve to help those people working on super yachts to be able to deal with them much easier it's quite ironic because the impression from certainly outside of the industry is um, one of, of very high salaries, uh, virtually no outgoings, and if financially it, it should be um, you know, one of the sweetest areas in, in the employment world. Uh, there's, there's no doubting that there are some people sorry, that, that are getting that good high pay and you know, not having to have a lot of overheads, you know, a lot of people don't have to pay full amounts of tax because they're away from home a lot, but it's short-term gains um, for sometimes the damaging effects of, you know, there's people that aren't getting paid at all for contracts that they've been on, or constantly knowing that your contract's only six months, so you might earn a lot of money in that six months, but what happens the day after that? Yeah, where do you go from there? Uh, Tim, from, from the recruitment side, um, what, what's your viewpoint? Um, I'd say I'd, I'd agree with what you were just saying there, Dave, to a large extent. Um, uh, I wouldn't necessarily agree um, with, with some of the points just raised. I think the reality is for the majority of crew in super yachting, the younger generation, um, who I think uh, are most at risk, um, most of them have jobs. They're, they're cash, cash rich. You know, there's no overheads. There's no tax to pay. There's no accommodation costs. Um, I would say the majority of young crew in super yachting don't have financial issues or, or stresses. Um, I think there's other factors at play. Um, I think different story. If you know you're 45 years old, you're a captain. Um, you haven't been in work for six months, eight months, nine months. You've got mortgages to pay and things like that. Then certainly that there's stresses, um, financial stresses. But I think for the majority of the crew, the young, the young generation, I, I really don't think that's that's the issue. I think a bigger issue is certainly uh, alcohol and drug abuse, which I think is rampant, um, and I think is uh, much more of a contributing factor to to mental health issues amongst yachties at least. Uh, and is it that um, maybe actually C Captain William, um, you might have a view on that side of it. Is, is it that crew, because you know, I, I know how intense the work can be on a yacht and especially if you're you know, in, uh, in the season and if you're on a busy charter yacht, you get very little personal time. Um, you're up early in the morning. If you're interior crew, you can be up very early in the morning as well, the, the wrong side, kind of working till 2 a.m. in the morning. Is, is it a case that crew, you know, when they get that, that leave time, when they get those few days on, sh on shore in between charters, that they go on a binge and um, go for extreme drug and alcohol abuse? Or uh, what's your feeling? Yeah, I agree with Tim. Um, I don't um, don't necessarily agree on the drug drug. Um, I haven't really experienced many crew that are um, that are um, focusing on drug use. 
Um, alcohol is a massive one. It always has been in the industry um, since I've been in it for 20 years. The, um, the crew um, generally um, work hard and consider that they need to play hard and drink hard when they do go ashore. Um, and um, because they're so isolated from family and relatives and friends around the world working on a yacht for a particular amount of time, that they kind of feel this 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 subjugation to go out and um, and party with the rest of the crew and um, stay out later than they would if they were if they were around their kind of hometown and with their original friends. So it's it's a, it's a funny mentality that yacht crew lead in that regard, which has damage, damaging effects on their mental health because they're partying hard, staying up late and not exercising as much as they could be or doing positive things for themselves. I think anybody who's doing so, just, just Just coming back on the drug issue, I mean, on, on, on the survey that, that we did, um, and, and it's a figure that struck me, was uh, 55% of the respondents said they were aware of um, illegal drug use on the yacht so that that's quite a high proportion and you know as I say that's one of the, one of the uh, things that really struck me about about the survey and 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 this whole thing around alcohol and drugs i mean you know often it's it's a way people you know self medicate when when they you know are feeling stressed or unhappy or, or depressed and because it then you know exacerbates the, the, that that condition it could also go hand in hand with uh, affluence. You know, suddenly they've got a lot of money, and um, you know, cocaine or one of these narcotics is is made available to them, and uh, they're in a position where they can afford it and want to party hard. Possibly. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. It's um, it's 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 that um, the friends, the cool kids are doing it. Therefore, mm. they should do it. Kind of influence of. Um, and it's it's. I mean, there's 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 various hot spots in every single port that yachts will travel to. Whether it's the I know the sleepy fishing village of Las Ciota or or Florida, Miami, or wherever you might go, it's it's easily found by the crew. Um, but it's maintaining a healthy kind of mindset of the crew as a cap from my perspective as a captain, which is the kind of the the biggest the biggest point to to try and raise with the crew. If if you if you don't don't pay attention to their kind of well-being and point them in the right direction, then they will go and find kind of ways to um, I don't know just go down the wrong path quite easily. Well, you say La Ciota. I mean, even La Ciota, which is it's a beautiful town, and uh, it is a very sleepy town. But uh, from the days I was there doing refits, I remember Thursday was the night when uh, Mojo's, I think, was the name of the club. And that's when a, 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 they were Eastern Bloc. I, I, I won't say Russian because I'm not too sure, but they were certainly from one of the Eastern Bloc country, uh, com- countries would come with a, a group of ladies and provide lap dancing and um, behind the scenes narcotics to the crew. And uh, Thursday night was an extreme party night in, in La Sierra. Back in the day, that was. I'm not sure if it's still yeah, going no, it's on. Still, I mean, I haven't been there for seven, seven or eight years now, and mm. um, it was still, it was still going on. Mojo's was still open. Um, I think it's quietened down a bit in the last um, year or two, but um, it's because Lazio is so close to Marseille, and the yeah. um, and kind of the, the the bad things that happen around Marseille with the um, 
that the yachting's attracted the yachting's attracted it into La Ciota because of the wealth which the the crews have got, or kind of the disposable wealth that the mm-hmm. crews have got, um, and the lack of things to do, uh, um, um, and that the crews not looking for activities to do in the local area other than going to the bar on a Sunday, Saturday, Friday, Thursday night for mojos or whatever the party might be, and and yeah, it's 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 the kind of the boredom aspect, but also the, the that they're only there for a short period of time, so they they feel they need to make the most of all the activities that they need to do, which activities being drinking and partying. Can I add in? There's certainly the philosophy of work hard, play hard, but I think yachting crew as well are in quite a different position to most of their counterparts in that they are working and living in a confined space and they don't have the home to go to that they can close the door. They don't have the family or the friends that are familiar. If they're lucky, they get on with their crewmates, but who you're sharing your cabin with is varying on how you get on with them. So in some ways, I think their support system that's around them is variable depending on what their job is. Debbie, have you had sort of feedback of this sort of side of the industry? Because that's also what what makes yacht crew different in in their working lives. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Having having your your home being your workplace and the people that you work with being there all the time, there is that pressure that you need to fit in, and there's that camaraderie of a crew. And if you get a number of your crew are going out and partying excessively. A, you want, you know, there's a tendency to keep up with keep up with them and go out a lot. But also, like like's been said, you don't go home to your family or to traditional situations. You go back to, to living in the same area with those same people. So there's not a reason to kind of only party maybe for sort of Friday or Saturday, like a lot of people do, knowing you've got to get up for work on Monday. It's every day you're with the same people in that same environment so the pressure is is much more different for people in in those circumstances than it is for a lot of people so it's one other aspect when just touching on that um we we spoke a couple of weeks ago with um, a gentleman by the name of lindali from south africa and he just reminded me that uh the <clears throat> the people who come into our industry, the super yacht industry, tend to come from wealthy upper middle class to wealthy backgrounds, and uh, very you know privileged backgrounds. And and because you know, uh, one of the reasons is economics of getting into super yacht industry. You, it costs several thousand euros to get your tickets and do your training, and um, to to enter into the super yacht industry. And a lot of people emerge from sailing clubs and and that kind of background. And so the likelihood of these people ever having to share a room with somebody is probably quite small. And the the reality of getting your first super yacht job, you're not only living in in very close quarters, but you're also sharing a very small cabin, an almost Ryanair-sized cabin. (laughs) I don't want to be unfair to Ryanair, but... You know, I would imagine that in itself creates a lot of stress and anxiety, even if you're sharing with a very nice person. Um, your thoughts, Roger? Well, yes. I, I mean, I, I think you know when people are 
put together that you know with people don't necessarily know uh, and, and you know or, or sometimes different cultures that that can create sort of stresses and strains I, I think I think the other thing that that um, has a negative negative impact upon uh, people's mental well-being uh, at sea um, is, is harassment and, and bullying and again you know in in our survey we, we found that uh, about 53 percent of the women and 30 percent of the men had, had experienced some form of harassment and, and bullying and I, and I think that's quite a, a, a big issue now obviously you know aboard a ship any ship there, there is some sort of command structure uh, and sometimes people maybe misconstrue um, you know what 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 is you know being given orders or being asked to do something as, as, as harassment? But if people do feel that they're being bullied and harassed and and they can't get off the the, the vessel or you know that they're they're spending uh, 24 hours seven days a week with the person doing the, the bullying, then I think that's a really negative effect upon uh, someone's mental health. And it's quite a high figure, can I say as well? Like that's half of the female crew. Feel at some point they've been they're being bullied, so to speak, in in their workplace, at their work and living place. Um, that's surprisingly high. Well, what's your take on that, William? Sorry, there's quite a lot of distortion there. Um, my take, um, yeah, it's yachting's a quite a, a, a funny way for people to have kind of progressed up through the industry um, I agree a lot of middle class or upper middle class um, uh, backgrounds for, for crew that are, that are working in the industry um, but the it's kind of the the, the, the people that come up through the ranks very quickly and there's no industry kind of um, I know training for how to manage people um, people's and sort of get better people skills leadership training there's there's, there's, there's really none um, um, there from from any of the courses that the MCA offer um, um, uh, back when I was in my in my young 20s there was I worked for a family that um, that wanted me to progress up and I did pass my master 3,000 tickets probably one of the youngest in the industry but they then put me on a leadership and management training course um, and that was over eight weeks or so and I go once a week and the skills that I learned there when I was in my early 20s I'm still using today as captain how to discipline people how to talk to people and so on and so I was kind of unique in that I got that experience and training but um, in in dealing with other people um, yeah it's it's really it's really uh, it's really unique to find um, people that have got good people skills um that are in the industry and yeah bullying's bullying's there and the way um the way people interact with each other um can be quite toxic um without people realizing what they're doing a bit like a, a, a passive what's that term passive aggressive passive aggressive where it's not overtly aggressive but it's it's very subtle that kind of thing you still with us will you so I can't, I, it's really Thank breaking up. I can barely hear at all. Uh, William, uh, can, can you hear us, Debbie? When you speak, there's a really bad distortion. I can make out that you asked me then, but there's a really bad distortion on your voice. Oh, um, apologise for that. Maeve, do you want to... Is it, does it help if I'm speaking? Is this mic better to hear yep. clearly? Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah, that mic's better. Okay, and then for once in my life, I can say I'll take over. <laughs> um, and we'll share a mic. <laughs> That's clear now. Perfect. Um, so it. So yeah, yeah so, um, I forgot what I asked now. <laughs> I, could I, just going back to the training, because this was a point I was, I was looking to raise a little bit later, but um, as you brought it up, is there any training for captains to? Um, or even crew, to look at for telltale signs of when somebody is going through mental distress or is potentially suicidal. Um, is there any training in, in, in what to look for? Or even no. social management skills. Is that something that you're just meant to learn with experience as you go up? But it's doesn't. it's not really incorporated in any... In any training, it, it's something you just learn from experience. Um, if I can make come in here, yeah. we've, um, we've just set up a partnership agreement with a, an organisation called ZS Wellness, and they do quite a lot of um, improving um, welfare, of, uh, particularly for super yacht crews. Um, but I think that is a problem. There is training out there, but it's training that, that's not mandatory. And when you work on a super yacht, it's quite difficult as it is to find the time for your mandatory training, let alone kind of those additional bolt-on courses. You know, you're, if you're lucky enough to have a very good company, like, like the captain has sort of speaking, um, then they will put you on that. But I think it, there needs to be something that's a bit more involved that is actually encouraging people to have the awareness of how to look after their own mental health and as you progress through the young ranks, how to look out for in your crew. And Roger, have you seen an upward trend in calls coming into ISWAN uh, from the industry of people looking for help? Uh, well, the, the thing is, we, um, we, we haven't really promoted CFAR help um, to stop super yacht crews uh, in, in a big way. Um, we, 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 we run the Nautilus International uh, uh, 24-hour helpline for them, and that, that, that line has received, um, an, um, you know, not a high number, but, but have, has received calls from super yacht crews. I can't really say if there's been an increase uh, in, in the number of calls around mental well-being. I, I think... You know, at the moment, there's probably a lack of awareness of of, of the various helplines that, that are available. And uh, you know, with see for our help, we've trained the team up to uh, provide emotional support and, and also to um, uh, to deal with seafarers uh, with uh, suicidal thoughts. And, and we've had a couple of calls from uh, uh, super yacht crews um, or, or, or or a crew from a super yacht. Who's, who's had those issues so I, I think it's be hard for us to judge that at, at, at the moment because I think you know certainly we see for help um, not many people in the industry really know about the helpline because it, it's mainly geared towards the merchant uh, uh, fleet but you know we, we you know it, it is there for super yacht crews and you know say just you know with with the survey that we did we, we've you know part of the reason for doing the survey was to kind of look at what are the actual welfare needs uh, of, of, of the super yacht crews and, and you know how we can you know with, with others uh, how, how we can respond to those those needs and Tim can we bring you in on on how you find feedback from crew of what their um, weak points or their stress points are where they're finding it 
more difficult? Um, I can't immediately think of a crew member who's, you know, specifically addressed any any mental health issues um, with me or come from that perspective. Something that I hear fairly regularly is as and this is a point that will has already touched upon is um the management on board is extremely poor or lacking um and i think that that is another issue um or or one of the big issues uh on board should should the industry be looking to uh mandate that captains get adequate training not only in in managing personnel uh, but also in dealing with Managing people. Yeah, recognizing. Um, w- well, there is there is the helm course, which is human element man- and management training, something along those lines. Um, but a five day course, which which crew have to do um, as they rise through the ranks, uh, whether it's adequate or not is another is another question. Um, I personally believe that you know all the heads of department and the captain on board should have more managerial training um and, and more of a structure as well to to fall back on um a lot of the senior crew have been in yachting for a long time um they've never worked or a lot of them have never worked in a traditional commercial sort of environment um and i think a lot of people just repeat what they learned from their captains which unfortunately more often than not is a bad example which keeps on being repeated Um, Uh, We we could just uh, take a moment to welcome Colin, who uh, had some technical difficulties, I believe, but you now joined us for the conversation. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, My my, uh, computer just went into meltdown. I can't believe it. It always happens. But anyway, uh, nice to meet you all. And um, I've kind of been listening to the conversation on the radio, on the, you know, what you're playing on my phone, rather. And um, which I can't seem to turn off now. <laughs> so I'll throw that across the other side of the room. And um, I'm glad yeah, we I have. A, I'm, I'm glad we have the panel we have, uh, Colin, to help you yeah. with this stressful moment. I do. Somebody <laughs> please talk to me. Yeah. Well, I have listened to a few words, um, and I'll just sit as you all. I'm not sure quite where you are at the moment, but if you'd like to carry on well actually colin if if we bring you in because you have long experience as a captain um over your years of experience where did you we were talking just before you joined us of the need for the captain to have management skills of people that you know comes with experience but lots of captains are rising up very quickly through the ranks now and yeah. don't necessarily have that 15 years of experience of moving from deckhand up to captaincy that they may have had 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Where would you have seen in particular kind of the stress points or the challenges of a captain on helping crew deal with social management, so to speak? I think the problem with mental health is and i think we probably all heard this before if you have a broken arm everyone says look at your broken arm but obviously when something is happening in the brain and it might not be seen for a long long time and something can trigger it i mean there are people that have had i'm sure uh, mental health issues that think they're totally cured and then something happens that triggers an event and i th- from my knowledge and believe me i well i haven't been 
<clears throat> out on a yacht for, for many, many years. But certainly a great many captains wouldn't know how to handle somebody having a breakdown in front of them, it, 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 especially if you're out in a marina or you're out at sea. And they can happen anywhere. And, you know, it's and I, I do honestly believe from my experience that it would not be and I'm sure you've been discussing this, it would not be a bad thing for captains when they they all have to pass an exam, I believe, to be, you know, for, for first aid or whatever, to have it incorporated within that. Um, certainly some some education on how to deal with people, how to talk to people, how to quieten people when they, when they do actually have an event. And listening to a bit that went on earlier, I mean, I had quite a few experiences on the yachts that I worked on um, amongst the crew with you know machetes being wielded and had knives held to my throat i've had all kinds of things and you know it's when somebody completely loses it and and a lot of it i guess you could relate back to the alcohol and i agree with the comment somebody made that uh, alcohol is just accepted in the industry as being you know you go yachting you drink um if you don't you 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 kind of maybe feel a bit out of the out of the family um on board but no i think there should be and i, I you know same with roger and i swan you know i think people i think captains should have that as part of their courses they should have a ticket basically to, to deal with people with with those health problems and of course the other thing is and i'm not, not quite sure about ice one i mean i've known about it now for about a year um having somebody to talk to having a helpline as with the samaritans and other things is i think essential william what's your take on that yeah it's um massive um i myself um um I've been. I've, I've met a, a talked to a psychologist about just over two years ago, and um, she works remotely, so I can I can pretty much schedule schedule a meeting, and then a couple of days later I can have a meeting at whatever the time zone she's in and I'm in, and um, we can talk. And it's helped me massively from from in every aspect of my life. Um, from relationships to communication, just just my general well-being, and I've, I kind of developed and learned more about myself in the last two years than I think maybe 15, 20 years of of, of just growing up. Um, and I think it's 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 incredibly important, and it's something that a lot of people attach quite a bit of stigmatism to of talking to a psychologist and getting help when um, when if your mental health isn't in good shape it's, it's as important as i know breaking breaking your leg and recovering from a broken leg um but very few people reach out or realize that there's actually a great network of people to reach out and talk to um the yacht that i was captain on last that the um we found that the um sturge the, the crew insurance that was covering the crew on board would actually cover the crew to actually talk to a psychologist if they needed to and so it just needs a referral from a from a GP for whatever reason it might be and, and that's very easy to get and which will help the crew member tremendously. Um, and it's it's them then going off into their own kind of um, um, kind of space to then be able to talk to a psychologist um, and take the time 
time and on a yacht working with a psychologist working remotely that's incredibly helpful um because you can't go and sit in an, in, a, in an office um or a practitioner's office um uh, when you're working on a yacht around the world but um the other thing that uh, i wanted to mention is there's a lot of a lot of online psychology um especially podcasts about general well-being uh which if crew are kind of nervous to sort of take initial step of talking to somebody the pod- podcasts and um and 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 the like are really helpful for kind of getting an insight into kind of general well-being and um and and they're looking 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 inwards i say i think it's a, one of a very valid point of although i think we've moved on hugely having worked in the medical industry in my younger years the stigmatism of mental health of you know you you're depressed or you're anxious and somehow you're not the same as the others but one of the the wise quotes is you know if you had a broken leg you wouldn't be trying to run a marathon when we are anxious or depressed it's the same thing happening within our brains we have less serotonin or dopamine or whatever it is that is pushing us to not feel ourselves I, I think pushing against that stigmatism and saying you know what I am I am not myself right now and the need to talk and be listened to um, uh, Samaritans have have worked huge amount in in you know UK society or whatever um, but I think the the importance of being able to share and talk to someone and get it out and I think that maybe is one of the challenges because we don't have our resource of friends or support around us but we do have like we didn't have 20 years ago we do have resources that you can Skype a psychologist or a therapist you don't have to necessarily see them face to face and I think it's a very important point and, and uh, the analogy that, that that Colin made if you have a broken arm or a broken leg or whatever you've got a physical manifestation of being injured and and needing help and I wonder, are crew educated enough in recognizing the difference between just being moody and stressed. feeling down and feeling stressed? And, you know, it, 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 and it's not self-denial, but a lack of self-realization. And at what point do they go, you know what, I've actually got a problem here. And uh, when you get to that point, is it too late? For example, like with alcohol, one might think, oh, well, you know, I just like the odd drink. I, I, I really want the odd drink. And then but when you get to the point of going, I've got a drinking problem, you're already an alcoholic. And uh, you know, should, should training be not just to the captain, but at the very early stages in recognizing, as, as I think Nautilus and Ice One have, that there is a high rate of depression uh, within maritime. Um, should seafarers at their early ticket stage be educated in recognizing that you know, the difference between just being constantly blue or, or, or stressed to actually you have a mental problem, you need to get help before it becomes too late. 
Mm. I, I mean, I, there's a way of looking at it in a, in a slightly different way to actually recognise that you can do something uh, about your mental well-being. Um, you know, before you kind of get depressed or before you have an episode or whatever. You know, is again, it's those analogies about. You know, we look after our physical health. We go running. We go down the gym. We do Pilates. But there are things you can do around your mental health. Uh, you, you know, uh, and some we've touched on about. I mean, things like you know, the, the physical exercise is, is, is also good for your mental well-being. Good nutrition, mm-hmm. uh, sleep increasingly is recognised now uh, as being really important for for your mental health. And you know, obviously. You know, in, in, working on a super yacht, some of these things may not be possible. Uh, but, but it, you know, there's other things like mindfulness uh, as well. So there's a whole range of tools and techniques that people can use to almost, you know, improve their mental well-being and, and protect it. So, it, it, you know, so it actually prepares you if you are going through a stressful period in your, in your life, you know, for instance, you know, relationship breakdown, bereavement, something like that. At least, at least you, you've built up, you know, your, your resilience a bit. So, so you, you can actually deal deal with some of this. And also, I think it's, um, you know, preparing for uh, uh, young people for a life at sea, for a life on a super yacht, uh, because you know, if they know they're going to be working long hours, if they know they're going to, ha- ha- you know, if they know there's going to be, you know, alcohol and drugs around, uh, if they know that that. You know, there's a command structure. At least it then prepares them and maybe you know enables them to uh, do, deal with these uh, situations a lot better. I think there's a there's a a link to be made on how much of this is a specific seafarer issue and how much of it going further is a super seafarer issue and how much of it is a general well-being issue. I mean, I think when you start talking in terms of training young people into recognizing mental health issues i think that's something that that you could probably be looking at schools just to be trying doing because it's not something that's just particular to seafaring i think there's a general need for young people to understand all these issues about how to look after their mental well-being and then when we when they do then move into seafaring we're then able to talk more specifically about how those um, issues impact at sea when you've got the added complications of loneliness or long hours and those sort of things but i think that that basic training almost needs to come much much younger and at much an earlier point before they get to kind of a seafaring career i don't think a lot of these issues are particularly unique to seafarers tim you wrote an article recently um for kind of green crew coming in and one of the points you made of was about making sure that they had their supports around them. Yeah, I, I mean, I wrote that article and it was multi-purpose, that particular article. Uh, I feel, and we've touched upon some of the points already, but I feel a lot of crew are entering the industry with extremely unrealistic expectations of what the job involves. And the reality, you could be working seven days a week, 16, 18 hours days, for weeks on end with very little time off um and you know the reality equally is you could be working underneath someone with no man management skills who you don't like um you could be sharing a cabin with someone you don't like um you could be sharing a cabin with someone who snores a huge amount and i've had that so you don't sleep and and it sort so of sounds funny <laughs> but <laughs> it sounds funny but 
um, as I think um, James touched upon, um, ro- sorry, Roger, not James, um, you know, a lack of sleep can cause real mental health problems. And that's one of those things which seems really minor, but has a big knock-on effect. And I can think of multiple crew who have left boats because their cabin mate snores and they're a light sleeper and they can't sleep. Um, so going off on a bit of a tangent. So yeah, I, I wrote that article because I felt crew had unrealistic expectations. I wanted to give them um, some guidance on what to expect and how to handle things on board, um, should it be hard. And then obviously at the bottom of the article, I also contained a couple of suggestions in terms of if you are really struggling and you feel there's an issue with your mental health, this is a couple of places that you can turn to. Um, and hopefully some people will read that and um, it, it might help them. I thought you made one salient point in the article, um, if I'm thinking the correct article, which was advice to to young seafarers to have a a land-based resource, a family or friend that you could contact and um, kind of pre-warn them that when I phone you up and I'm feeling blue and depressed, give me encouragement. You know, remind me of of the positive side of of things, and don't agree with me, and just wallow in my own misery. But you know, be that kind of supportive thing. I, I thought that was uh, quite a good uh, good idea, quite a good mechanism. Yeah, I, I thought it was a good idea as well. Um, <laughs> blowing my own trumpet, but um, you know. It, it is very easy to call home and have someone go, oh, that does sound terrible. It is really bad. And you know, I think sometimes green crew entering the industry, and I, I don't want this to get misconstrued that I'm saying, you know, people with mental health issues need to man up um, because that isn't the case yeah. at all. But I think sometimes young crew entering the industry they think it's all going to be um drinking champagne uh, in jacuzzis and water sports and having a great time and it's not like that um uh, and you know sometimes people need to remember that they've left you know an average job um, and an average situation at home for the opportunities that yachting brings so that was sort of the point i, I was making with that and and to have someone at home who is a positive influence who you can talk to We are going to be taking a break as we are fast approaching the top of the hour. Stick with us and we will be back after the international news to continue our roundtable discussion about the state of mental health in the Supiot industry. You are listening to Supiot Radio. From Palma de Mallorca to the global Supiot community, Supiot Radio. Welcome back. We are joined today by Debbie Calvadora from Nautilus International, Roger Harris from Iswan, Tim Cook from Key Crew, Colin Squire from Yachting Maddows, and Captain William Gould discussing mental health in the soup yacht industry. Thank you for joining us. And Colin, Can I- yeah, I was going to say Colin, because you're kind of on the more mature I'm end just, of... I'm calling I'm old. Just, I'm not I'm just, I'm just. I'm just sitting here here being quiet um <laughs> roger can i ask you i i just literally put my magazine together today in there we have an article um about the pya and the iss working together uh, regarding crew mental health support mm-hmm. which is interesting it's it's the beginning i hope of something that will be quite um fundamental to the industry but what do iswan offer the commercial industry i i kind of read into it and it seems to me that there is a system in place but it has to be the company that owns or the 
the company probably that owns i don't know maybe even 100 commercial ships would fund or help fund what iswan are doing is that correct well i mean for a start we're, we're a charity and we, mm. we actually get quite a lot of funding from uh charitable foundations uh but, but you know like most charities we still need some further funding and we we've spoke, spoken to a couple of, of of companies uh uh about what we can offer and, and we've started now to uh, um we just developed a, um a, a course around mental health awareness for for management and uh, senior officers so that's something that, that we, we can offer uh, the, the industry, uh, you know, a sort of tailored uh, yeah. sort of training around, around that. We, we work with a, a psychologist who, whose father was a seafarer. So we've, been working, we've worked with her for a couple of years. And we've developed, again, they've mainly been aimed at the, the, commercial, the merchant uh, fleet, but they're applicable to super yacht crews. So we've got three self-help guides that are free, uh, are downloadable. Uh, that can be downloaded from our website, uh, seafarehelp.org. Um, but we're also working with our, with, with our organisations as well. I mean, we're, uh, the mission to seafare is one of the older seafarer missions. Mm-hmm. Uh, are, are looking at doing more with the super, super yacht industry. The uh, Secretary General Andrew Wright's got a personal interest because his daughter works on super yachts. So they're 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 looking actually putting someone in to Palmer for for the summer. Uh, uh, a chaplain welfare worker just to be there as a sort of shoulder to lean on or a, or a, you know someone to can listen to to you know issues if, if people have them so so um, we're just trying to pull together with the group as, as to you know what is available for crew um, around you know all sorts of issues but yes especially around that kind of mental well-being and hopefully we can get that out uh, through the various channels to to the crews but but iswan will deal with any commercial ship anywhere in the world any uh, whether it's a fishing boat whether it's uh, a, 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 a you know a million you know ton tanker or whatever they will talk to the crew and help the crew am i correct or is it something that you it, what i'm trying to say is with yachts if a yacht if we set something up similar for yachting i mean yachts are each an individual business you don't normally you probably have to go through the management companies to you know to get uh, large amounts of boats to sign up but um i mean if, if they're going to bring this forward to the super yacht industry it has to be open to everybody that's my question not just the privileged few well, if i may uh be a bit of self-promotion here. This is why we encourage you. Oh, please do. To Colin just plugged his magazine, so to be members of Nautilus, because then they get access to twenty-four uh, hour helplines. And as Roger said earlier, our, our helplines run by Iceone, and that's open to all of our members. So that's okay, why we think membership is vital to Cypriot people. Can I ask so as well? So Nautilus. Sorry, go on, Colin. I'll, I'll come back with my question. Go on, Colin. No, 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 no. no well, carry on. My question is, if I'm in a regular industry, if I'm in banking or whatever, accountancy, and I hit a period of being extremely depressed, I can probably get leave from my job for a few weeks and go and see a counsellor and just take some time. With, with yacht crew... I would imagine they don't have that leeway. They can't say, particularly if it's the middle of the season, but if they're on a long-term contract, are there measures in place that if somebody needs 
um, compassionate leave for two or three or four weeks to go home, see a counselor, get their heads together. Is there that structure in place within the industry that they have that leeway to help take some time to heal their mental health, so to speak? Maybe Tim or William. I think that would depend a lot on individual contracts. But um, if we go back to kind of where we started the conversation, if you look at the fact that you're you're dealing with people who work in an industry where there's a lot of pressure for that work hard, party hard atmosphere, I think it was incredibly difficult for crew on super yachts particularly to take themselves out of that situation and and, and have that cry for help. Um, but also because they're away from home a lot, they can't just go to their GP like you know like you and me could if we had problems um, when you're at home. Um, so that's difficult, but um, there's also um, part of another charity that's open to, I believe, I can't imagine why it's not open to super yachts, but in the UK, if you're uh, looking for NHS support, you can fast track that to get specialist help so that it fits in better with contracts when people are going, you know, because they're away a lot and not able to make appointments with GPs. There's a charity set up to help seafarers fast track NHS support. So that's there as well. But again, it's an issue of, of awareness and letting people know what they, what's out there for them. And William, um, William can I ask, of, of, from a captain's perspective, what are the things in particular you would highlight just to kind of be aware of um to have in place for the team to help um could i also answer the last question yeah. that was raised yeah um in my experience yes crew members um um are permitted to um if you if you work with a an owning family that care about their crew which most of the ones that i've worked with i've had the fortune working with good people they do care about their crew um with a crew member that's going through a grievance process then um then you talk to the owning family about uh, um kind of the the, the i know offering the leave and being paid a percentage of pay or whatever is needed to and they're, they're usually keen to help the crew members go through a process if they are grieving if something bad's happened in their life losing a relative or a close friend or something but it's um it's it's not exceptional but um i've experienced that um the owners are help are willing to help um look after crew members um that they that they care about them in this in, in, in a somewhat way but um i'd say from to, to answer your question about um, what crew can do um, to kind of identify it, it's 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 more from uh, again the captain being usually the the senior elder most oldest person on the boat, kind of identifying that his, what his crew members will need um, when they're working long hours, um, then lack of sleep um, will then start affecting them in various ways. They'll start making decisions about you know, unhealthy eating. Uh, William, we seem to have lost down you. Down the road of partying too hard, which will cause more lack of sleep. Oh, hello, can you yeah, hear me? You, you got yeah. you back, sorry. It's um, like a vicious circle they get into. Yeah, um, so yeah, the, um, identifying those kind of um, what's what's going on, but um, a healthy mindset is, is basically, the, it's, it's all down to chemistry of the brain. Um, activity, doing exercise, sleep. Sleep's a massively important factor. Um, I was listening to a podcast the other week by a professor, um, an English professor who who studies um, who studies sleep, and the amount of effects of, of sleep or lack of 
is massive and no one ever realizes it, especially when they're under slap. Like, like, um, the, the, other, the other important steps are um, reducing um, caffeine intake, alcohol intake, um, so that they can. Um, so that you can kind of just just live a healthy period and kind of um, nurse yourself through any kind of depression stages or any kind of bad feelings uh, mentally, so that you can you can get through it and and kind of get out the other side without without any problems. So, from a captain's perspective, it's just identifying that what your crew members will need and what the kind of the identifying traits are um, if they've been working hard with owner trips and guests and so on that when it comes to the downtime it's like how are they looking after themselves how how are they how, how's their general kind of well-being um are they doing any exercise or are they just going straight to the, the pub on a, at the end of the day and then um, partying and, and doing that it, it's a downward spiral from that from that respect well what's your take roger um Sorry, I missed some of this because it, it broke up. It but broke um, a bit. as I said, I mean, I mean, I, I think the other thing um, to say is that, that that you know people do get through th- these episodes. That uh, e- even if they have a, a diagnosis, uh, some sort of diagnosis, they they can uh, you know get to to a state where they have positive mental health. So so people do. You know, unless you've got a severe, you know, some mental uh, illness diagnosis, pe- people do get get better. They get get through through these periods. So that's you know to be kept in mind that that uh, you know with support. And again, coming back to the discussion, you know, the the earlier point is you know how people are supported, knowing that uh, they won't necessarily lose their jobs if they go ashore and take take some time off to to recover. Um, so that's really important because I, I, I think the real danger is where people do have poor mental well-being but, but try and hide it and uh, uh, don't have a diagnosis and they can actually be a danger you know, not only to themselves but to, to other crew members in the vessel and, it, and it's important that you know, a culture is developed where people feel they can present with mental health issues and you know in an ideal uh, situation be supported and then you know perhaps go home um, recover and then come back uh, and continue with their career thank you i agree with roger i think that's really important it's it's that culture thing of, of acceptance and not worrying uh, about how it's going to be perceived because that's just going to add to the burden when people try and hide it Basically, there's light in the end of the tunnel, and it's the most important thing is to make sure you are in good health. Because even if it's not this job and you need time off, it's better to take time off and get yourself better and jump on board again when you're feeling better. Then, I think on the up, <coughs> sorry, on the upside, I think in the UK in the last. 10 years there's been more spoken about mental health than there has in you know for the previous thousand years it's something that has now become a big issue and it's almost if you hear about it it's almost like it's become an epidemic within the country and I, I guess this is happening everywhere and a lot of it is that the blame is being not just pointed towards sleep and drink but obviously the internet and 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 uh using various social media platforms well 
We have, we actually have read a report recently um, when they looked at social media and the the rise in in, in both suicide and self harm amongst um, teenage and early twenties, and they found the report that we read found that uh, there was something like a thirty over thirty percent in young women, girls, and up to seventy percent in young men and boys. An increase since 2012, which is, which is quite a startling fact. And directly attributed to the, the rise in social media. Um, mm. I, I, I don't know, Roger, if... Uh, I think it's more about the need for community and for direct contact and talking with people. And, it, and I think also that um, uh, the, the, when you go into social media, the, which a lot of the crew... A lot of the crew do because um, you know, social media is the gateway off the boat. But there's, uh, we saw things like um, in, say, Instagram, where the, the need to have likes. And if you don't get likes on your Instagram, it causes mental anguish and anxiety to people. I don't know, if Roger, if, um, what your thoughts are. Um, yeah, I mean... It didn't really come up a lot in in the survey that we did. In fact, in in a way, the the reverse came up. The the the, the well, I mean, it might be connected. The, the the crew felt they didn't have good enough internet access. You know, while while they're at sea, or it's you know very expensive. Because uh, I mean, that's the other side of it. People, it's a way of people, um, you know, being connected back, you know, back home with their friends and family, and. Uh, not feeling, you know, detached from that, and and also it has, you know, it, it can have a positive impact on, on people not feeling lonely and socially isolated. So there, there is the other side. And yes, I mean, there is a lot of concern, you know, generally in society about the impact of, of social media. But you know, I'm not quite sure. You know, I haven't seen any evidence or anything around, you know, social media at, at sea. I mean, uh, uh, um, I mean, there's some studies about it. Uh, again, on, on, on in the merchant fleet, uh, but I haven't seen anything or articles or, or, or studies in terms of uh, you know the impact of social media or, or internet access. Uh, with we sorry, we did a survey uh, at the end of last year uh, on internet connectivity, which covered both merchant fleet and super yachts, um, and we wanted to have a look at this idea of whether social media on board was a good thing or a bad thing. And there was very much a generational split that the older generation thought social media was was disruptive and was uh, a cause of social isolation on board and um, something that wasn't welcome. Whereas in the younger generation, it was much more that social media, access to social media alleviated isolation and helped them to, to be more connected. And when it came to the super yacht crew, they were generally much more connected to the internet and found that to be much more useful to them because it allowed them to be in touch with out people outside of the, their immediate area. And I think if you think back to what we were saying earlier about um, the people around you being your work colleagues and the colleagues that you live with and you can live with them in a very small, small area, once you've got access to the internet, you can kind of escape a little bit and go, go back to 
the friends and family support network that you had at home who might be able to help you and certainly recognize when you are suffering uh, because they'll know what you're like day to day and what you were like before you're on board so they having that connection is kind of i think it's it's going to help to avoid some of these mental health issues because it gives people a route to back to that kind of normality can i jump in quickly here um there's a couple of points I want to make regarding social media, and I think we're sort of conflating things a little bit. I think WhatsApp, Messenger, uh, and things like that undoubtedly make communicating with people at home easier uh, and communicating with the outside world, which is undoubtedly beneficial. I think Facebook, Instagram, etc., which are you know your traditional social media, I think they're definitely not a positive, and I think they're a big cause of the rise of mental health issues and things like that. People are constantly comparing themselves to the ideals of other people's lives, and you know social media is by and large fictional. Um, you know, it's the highlights of people's days and weeks, not the the daily grind. Um, I'd also question whether the younger generation don't actually realize you know they're saying social media it's a positive but in reality social media is a real part of the issue which is is making them unhappy they just don't realize that they've grown up with facebook they've grown up with instagram and it is an everyday part of their life they are they can't they haven't got the perspective or they can't see the damage it's causing to their self-esteem um and i think that would be much more the case than people actually realise. The stats might not back up what I'm saying, but I'm pretty confident I'm right. If you spoke to a qualified psychologist or psychiatrist who studied these things, I'm, I'm confident I'd be correct. Well, uh, I think, Tim... Uh, yeah, go on, Colin. I, I, no, I, I think you're correct, Tim, but I, I recently flew to Palmer and I sat next to a, 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 a neurologist professor from cambridge he was going over there he was quite an old guy hello yep we can hear you yeah he, no he's quite an old guy and i mean we sat and talked for two hours you know and never stopped and i brought this up with him and he said the problem is with the older generation that we cannot understand how a generation that are less say than 25 years old they have grown up with nothing other than than the internet and um you know social media and all those things and it's not us we can't condemn them for that we have to live with what they have we have to understand them as an older generation and and learn to live with it as as you know they do it's 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 still in its infancy and a hundred years from now we'll look back and you know sorry somebody trying to speak to me i, I think that's just a little bit of feedback from from your yeah view. No, so I mean, I think I think social media is is very damaging. I, I I honestly believe that, and I think possibly with the commercial shipping world and the super yacht world, you you're looking at two completely different um, kinds of work. I mean, I had a, a, a nephew of mine went off to sea a few, well, literally three or four years ago. He had a wonderful opportunity, passed all his exams, went on to his first ship, and stepped ashore for four months, and had to live with a crew that he was the only english person there he came back walked off the boat and never went back um whereas in the super yacht world you're living you know most not most nights obviously when you're on charter but a lot of the time you can get sure you can you can party um and you you live in a different um 
bowl, if you like, mm. you know, a different world than the commercial world. But where, again, going back a long way on boats, you you would only hear something that happened, say, in the UK. If I was in Greece, I'd hear a week later when the problem would be solved. Whereas if you're online, you're dealing with that problem live with the people back home, whether it's somebody falling ill or somebody died or somebody getting married and you can't attend the marriage, you know, and that causes stress in its own in its own way. Yeah, or funeral, um, you know, things that are, are, are less anticipated and planned. Uh, Colin, we're getting a little bit of feedback on your line. Would, would you mind terribly uh, hanging up and redialing in? I will do. Thanks, Colin. Okay. Yeah. I think one of the other things I, I, we have four children and two of them are teenagers and um, one of the the big factors of social media that I think is harder for our generation to understand but you know teenage years in particular is quite a vulnerable time and there is a certain amount of positive reinforcement for want of a better word, that comes from social media. They put up a picture and they get 300 likes and they're like, wow, I got 300 likes. And they put up another picture and they might be equally gorgeous in it, but they're only gonna get 20 likes. So they're much more vulnerable, I think, in some ways. And, and that's the bit of social media that I think is particularly the delicate point. Quiet voices. Am I okay? <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're I'm back, back in. No, but you take, yes, but you look at children now. I mean, they are, they are being given iPhones and iPads at the age of three or four. You know, it's it's like having another brain on the end of their hand, and 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 they they will grow up, and that will be their life. They will be, um, you know, you're not you're not going to stop what's happening. It will only progress, and unless we find a way to deal with that. You know, it it it's going to cause problems, and I think the rise of mental health, I I honestly believe, is to do with social media. You know, it's um it, it's it's causing a lot of problems, as you were just saying about the likes and what have you online. Um, you know, you put a picture of yourself up, and people start disliking you. It it starts straight away to to bring you down. W William, can I bring you in on this? Um, just because yeah, you have I'm, a quite unusual here. position um, in some ways, I, I noticed this afternoon for social media. Yeah, well, I, um, I used um, Facebook when it when it first kind of got big back in 2007 until around 2000, know, 2010, 2011. Basically, I used it to, um, to, to build up my kind of address book contacts with all the people that I lost touch with. Um, since leaving the UK, and um, and then um, around um, 2011, when I stopped using it, I noticed that the way that Facebook was negatively affecting, kind of like it would infiltrate your address book and and add and recommend contacts that you you wouldn't necessarily want to have on your Facebook profile. But then I could also sense the um, the negative aspect of comparing our lives to each other and trying to project. A, um, a better life than 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 the next person 
for those likes. Um, I mean, it's just a basic what is it? Dopamine hit when you when you when you add a picture or you make a statement, and then people like it. Um, and it's that's really negative when you when you try and make yourself project better or uh, and, and comparing and other people comparing themselves to you is a real negative thing. Um, I think there's really no. There's nothing good that comes about of trying to live that life where you project um, something that that isn't necessarily how you're living at that moment in time. I mean, heck, I could take a picture of me sitting under it, underneath a palm tree with a, a drink in my hand and a smile on my face, but 10 seconds later, that that's not necessarily how I'm feeling, but yet... It's that it's that trying to project that everything's good and 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 you're you're living a better life than them. It's it's not really it's not really it's not really worth it at the end of the day. But most people don't realise it until I guess um, they don't realise it at all. But yeah, the the, the the negative effects of comparing yourself can only be bad for your mental health ultimately. Can I, I, I pause for one second? Um, we're having a little bit of, of feedback on the line. So if I may, um, I know this is this has gone beyond the hour, so I'm ho- hoping that we're all still okay to chat for a bit longer. Uh, if you've tuned in to listen to the Two Yeti Show, um, that will be coming up straight after this roundtable discussion. But if I could do just... Go to a piece of music for a moment, and while the music's playing, we can re-establish the line and hopefully get rid of this echo. Are we all okay to stick around for a little bit longer? Yep. 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 Oh, yep. I'm going to have to make a move, unfortunately. Okay. Tim, um, can we so can we get a parting statement from you then before you head off? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think because you're clear, actually. <laughs> Oh, excellent. <laughs> um, I think the, the the big issues with seafarers and the yachting community, you know, it's it's living together, working together. It's a pressure cooker environment, so it's extremely hard for people to get away uh, and find some relief if they're in a bad place. Um, and unfortunately, that issue will never change. I think the second point, um, Will mentioned, uh, you know, if you're suffering a grievance, um, you've lost a close member of family, then most yachts will be fairly understanding and you can go home for a couple of weeks. And, and I agree with that. But I think the subtle difference is if you go or the difference is if you go to your captain, I'm feeling in a bad place mentally. I'm going to need a few weeks off. Then you've lost your job for 80-90% of boats out there, unless you've been on board for years and years. For the vast majority of crew, the reality of having that conversation, there's a very good chance you're basically resigning at the same time, whether you know it or not. Um, so until that issue is addressed, um, then there's always going to be problems with mental health um, and, and people unfortunately killing themselves within the yachting world. Could, could, could I ask you actually, um, Tim, I know you're in a hurry and maybe actually we can probably close to wrapping up because this is a conversation that could go on forever. But can I ask you this, Tim? One of the things that we found at the station, we've, we've gone down sometimes to, to docks or um, to bars and we've approached crew looking to do you know, short little infuse or little box pops or whatever. Nothing, nothing sensational, not hitting on any contentious issues. One of the things that we found, uh, the crew were, were very hesitant to record the voice, to, to be outspoken. And again, I, I stress, nothing contentious. It could be, you know, are you enjoying the life or, or how are you finding it or whatever. The fear being that... If I said something that 
somebody found offensive or if I said something that you know, was wrong, then somebody might hear me and I wouldn't get another job. Do you think uh, there's not only the fear of losing your current job, but do you think if a crew member uh, approached the captain and said, look, I've got mental health issues, I need to go get this dealt with, do you think that they would, they might feel that this would blackball them in the industry going forward? Not it's, saying that's it, a reality. It's certainly not going to. It's certainly not going to blackball them. No. It's not like crew agencies um, and captains, uh, who, you know, have lists of people who won't work. Yeah, again. No, no, I agree with but that. But the, the impact, perception. Yeah, the, the, there is that perception there, and and I think it's a correct perception. The reality is, they will. That situation will occur captain gives them a month off say for mental health issues um or you know they leave the boat because they need they need to get away from it and then someone like me will get their cv a few months later and then i'll call up their references and if i've got a good relationship with the captain um the captain is probably going to tell me actually there was a couple of problems on board and this is what happened and then you know this is probably going to sound terrible but if i've got two candidates one of whom has a gleaming reference um and the other the other reference is saying actually this candidate had to leave the yacht halfway through the season because they had mental health problems um i'm going to put forward the candidate who's got the gleaming reference and i'd also make the point because that sounds really cynical and harsh it's probably doing the candidate a favor they shouldn't be working on a boat because i think a shipping environment can be a really damaging environment it would be more benefit to them for their health, mentally, physically, their happiness, their general life, to not be working in superioring. They would be far better placed in a normal job at home where they can walk away from work, where they've got a good support network around them. That would be better for their long-term prognosis than pursuing a career in yachting, which I would say is, is by and large, going to be damaging for them. Interesting. That sounds a bit controversial now. I think it's true. But it, it's an interesting perspective that, you know, maybe it's you. one of the warning signs that this isn't the right place for you. You know, maybe this it's is definitely your, not the right place. Your red light. You know, we've, we've, we've touched upon a few th things here um, and we've talked quite openly. But yeah, yachting is not a place for you if you have mental health issues. It definitely 100 percent isn't. Um, and the best thing you can do for your health is to leave the industry is my opinion that's my signing off now okay thank you so much that was tim clark from you the can't leave on that note too um, no I, th I think that's an interesting point to tim, finish off with thank you very much tim for your time thank you lovely again. to have you thanks guys take have a care good week. you nice too to we'll talk soon bye bye tim would anyone like to come back on that well yeah, yeah i would because i mean i mean you know as i said before for people to come through these periods in their lives and they, they yeah, actually, get William, better and then can I pause you just there for a second uh, we need to dial back in because we're, we still have this echo issue um, can you bear with us if for we can just, just if a can moment just bear with us for a quick song break and we'll come back afterwards just to have a, a wrap up of the points made but there's an echo coming in which isn't going to sound great for our listeners from Palma de Mallorca to the global super yacht community, Super Yacht Radio. So we were just uh, left there with Tim, by Tim Clark um, from the Key Crew, who made this salient point um, from his perspective that if you are struggling in the super yacht industry with mental health, possibly this is not the best industry for you. 
one of you was going to come back in on that. I think it was you, William, was it? Um, I thought it was Colin, but oh, I, Colin. I've, got, I've got a point that I'd like to raise about yep. it. So no, no, <clears throat> yeah, no, no. You know, Tim was saying, and I and I quite agree. I mean, mental health is not something that you have today and it's gone tomorrow. They they might give you a pill, but you take the pills for a long, long time. And I think you know, having lived on boats for thirteen years and and experienced people that should never have been on them and had to live with them so basically all the things that we've discussed i've kind of been through um i totally agree and i mean in in the real world which is in this little town like where i am i mean when people have mental health problems in a job if it's too much pressure or whatever they move and they will find another job they might move from an office and work on a farm or they may you know and the same applies to boats i have i have no doubt um you know and it's again going back to the you know if you tell people you have mental health on a boat you might lose your job and i think it it's definitely an issue um that i don't know the answer to because if you know one one owner on one boat um he's not going to pay somebody for six months to go ashore and then that person then spends another six months you know as the boat sits on the dock in palma so he's paying somebody for a year um yeah so it is very difficult and, and you've no guarantee that it'll just take six months i mean it's not like a broken well, there is arm no, guarantee. You know? it, no i mean some some mental health issues go on a lifetime mm. to some people i would like you know, to come in if possible yeah please do debbie, please do, debbie. Um, I, I think if you want an answer to why mental health is a problem in the super yacht industry i think you've got it right there that um there is still that idea that if you have a if you have if you ask for time out from a mental health issue you are going to risk losing your job and your career um yeah. but i think the important thing to remember is that um there's a step here we're not you know there's there's a a gap between feelings of isolation and looking after your mental well-being and having a long-term mental health problem Problem that will restrict your ability to work at sea and I think the problem is while there's still attitudes like that that you can't speak out about it people aren't getting that early intervention which will stop any of these problems arising people need to be encouraged that when they're feeling isolated or down if they talk to people if they talk to their union if they talk to other helplines they can get over those issues and uh, you know sometimes it might just be the particular yacht that you're on or the particular crew that you're with and removing yourself and having a new contract or just speaking to someone will will stop those issues becoming that serious level where it does impact on your career yeah I, 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 I agree with Debbie I mean as I said before people do come through these you know, periods in their life, and you know, obviously, if they've got a you know severe diagnosis and, and have a need to have you know medication and a lot of support, then maybe they can't come back. But but if people are you know this period in their lives, uh, you know, a relationship breakdown or 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 you know relatives died or something like that, and people just need a bit of time off, then they can come back because because what you're doing, if you're saying only people who are you know super resilient and aren't going to have any mental health issues see you you're actually cutting off quite a big uh, you know section you know potential yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I think we're there. 20 percent 20 to 25 percent of the world's population have mental health issues no, there's a difference minimum, between depending a, on what culture you're talking about there's a difference quite between a proportion sorry i didn't mean to interrupt. there's a difference between compassionate leave 
the loss of uh, a loved one um, or family member or breakup of a relationship in opposed to a mental health issue, um, which I think are two different things. And the, the other thing, just going back to, to what Debbie was saying, uh, I think this perhaps exposes another um, aspect of super yacht or yachting uh, world where on land, uh, just uh, you know, tying in what Tim was saying, on land, if uh, as an employer, I phone up looking for a reference on a potential employee, I believe uh, the person I'm taking the reference off isn't legally allowed to bring up something like, oh, they had mental health issues and you know, that's why they, they're no longer working with us. And if they did, I believe there's recourse for it. We're in the super yacht community, I don't think there's any recourse and the captain could openly say, well, actually, yeah, he had to leave because of mental, or she had to leave because of mental health issues. Um, I think if you, if you listen without, well, we should speak ill of those who are no longer on the call. Mm-hmm. If you listen to what Tim said, he said, if I know the previous market, well I might have a chat with him and he might tell me so it's that oh, that point. thing of, you know, whatever's publicly made available is different to the it is a small industry and you know it, it's a lot about, about who you know so those issues will get around yeah fair point so but the other thing is we we, we discussed earlier and I think this is important that when somebody has or is going into a, a, a mental health situation they probably don't realize themselves but if you had people trained and it's not a massive amount of training but trained within the crew to recognize those initial signs if you stop early it's 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 um repairable but if you leave it it just gets worse and worse Mm -hmm. and i think you know we're we're looking at ice one and we're hoping as i mentioned to do well you know i'm just a part of a very small part of something that's they're trying to get this movement now in in the super yacht industry to give help to crew and give somebody you know give them somebody to talk to um maybe we can do something about it i mean there's no point us all sitting here talking about it if we if there's nothing being done about it for the future you know there has to be a move in that direction which is what nautilus you know and i swan are obviously now getting involved hopefully that will that will be the conduit to making it happen so roger can you just so we're wrapping up here a little bit, can you tell us a little bit about if, if there are people, um, essentially Icewan run effectively a, a Samaritan's line for seafarers that they can ring from anywhere in the world and be able to talk to somebody? Uh, yes, I mean, I mean, we're a bit wider than Samaritan's. So, so we're, you know, general helpline, although our team have been trained in providing emotional support and also uh doing you know sort of suicide risk assessment uh you know on online or via the phone so so we are available um yeah internationally with 24 hours uh three six five days a year and um you know through the network we have throughout the world we you know if we can't support that person then we can find someone who who, who can so we work you know with a wide range of, of organizations we work with nautilus we're starting to work with the professional yachting association we work with all the missions uh and, and we work with with governments uh and embassies and uh, uh consulates as well just going back to what colin said do you think um 
more should be put into the the early training and in, in the early tickets for seafarers um, even before they get on a boat where they're they're educated not only in guarding their own mental health uh, through sleep and through um, exercise and diet and not drinking too much and staying away from drugs but also to educate them in uh, being mindful of their crewmates and and spotting where somebody might be you know, going through mental health issues because they, they pose a risk not only to themselves but the crew at large. Or social management as part of your training, so to speak. Well, uh, no, I, I think it's, uh, you know, again, in the merchant uh, cadets now that there's... Uh, more, more. There's a push to do more around, uh, if you like, you know, want a better word, the softer skills and and not just the hard technical skills. And mm. um, you know, I think it, I think it will be a really positive um, step. You know, if, if people, you know, young people in in maritime colleges and schools were, were you know, given some some of these skills, um, you know, about how, you know how to live with other people. Uh, in a confined space, um, you know how to, as I said before, how to build up your, your resilience. You know, again, tools and techniques to kind of uh, protect and improve your mental well-being. And, and the thing about spotting signs, I mean, a lot, a lot of people talk about this nowadays. I mean, the the thing is, uh, as I understand it, there's no kind of definitive list of signs. Uh, there's something like, like 20 different categories of mental health problems with different signs. But, you know, it is, you know, I suppose that, you know, the bottom line is, you know, looking out for, for your fellow crew members. If people are withdrawn or seem to be drinking, drinking too much or, or uh, you know, there's various other, other things that change in eating patterns. It's, it's just looking out for other people. And, and then it's signposting them to support and help and then you know like we talked about before i think a big thing is about changing the culture where people can uh, present and can say that you know that they're having a bad day uh, and and knowing that they're not, they're not just going to be uh, put ashore next port and, and dismissed have the support around them lovely thank you so much roger um uh, last parting statement from you william um yeah i um debbie made points that are pretty much exactly what I was going to say. I, I completely agree with it. And Colin also following up from that. Um, just, to, just to wrap from my point, the um, I, I couldn't think of a better place to kind of highlight this issue than in maybe 20 minutes when the crew are doing personal and social responsibilities course as part of their STCW. They come into their industry, um, but um, it would it would only take half an hour or so of a conversation of that that course, just to highlight that um, looking after your own mental sort of mental state and um, and the well-being of yourself um, is an important thing, especially when you're in a cooped-up environment and you're working long days um, and weeks without any any breaks. So yeah, um, it would be easy to implement it there. Whether whether it's it's something that that you could teach people is is a difficult thing but i think it would be a great thing to help um people at the start of their careers and build an awareness i think another thing that people have to be made aware of on a, on a boat you know it, it's easy to take sides i you know you can sit around the crew mess you know and there'll be somebody isolated you know as if they're a leper you know and it's it, am i allowed to say that 
Yes. <laughs> um, well, it's too late. But you know what I mean? It, it happens on a boat and then somebody gets sidelined and then that person starts to, to go downhill. And if, if people could learn to befriend somebody they see in trouble instead of seeing them as, a, as, as an outsider or somebody maybe with a problem, they should stay away. You know, just helping those people, talking to those people, um, in whatever way, you know, just befriending them will mm. normally, you know, resolve the problem before it gets out of hand. Well, and I, and I, yeah, that's something we actually teach our kids. Um, mm. If so, if mm. there's a new kid in school, mm. um, you know, and they're sitting in the corner, that they, they befriend them, don't leave them out, don't, yeah. don't isolate yeah. them. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. Yeah, it matters, you know. And Debbie, matter. from Nautilus perspective, I mean, you you kind of reach out to crew all over the world yeah I think the, the, the difference with Nautilus is that we give you someone completely independent that you can turn to and that we can give you advice both from where to go for help for your mental health but also the implications that it might mean for your job and for your career and, and making sure that you don't get victimised because of something that's going on like that and, and having someone else to turn to before it gets too late Lovely. Well, thank you all so much for your time this afternoon. It Col was. Colin, uh, have a, a final word? Uh, uh, Colin, <laughs> I, I don't mean to ex exclude you there. Would you like I'm, a I'm, parting I'm shot? A pass no, I, I just think we need. I mean, it, it, uh, you know, I, I kind of. I've seen people suffering mental health problems, and it's not very nice. Um, and it's very worrying, and it is, it's definitely a trend that's increasing. Um, just three months ago, I think my daughter saved some young girl who'd OD'd on, on painkillers and God knows what else, and we got her into hospital, you know, so I'm seeing it even in this little town that I live in. It's kind of endemic, and, and I just think we all need to, you know, pull our socks up, and I obviously not, I'm not talking about the people sitting around this forum, but certainly people out in the industry, they need to start looking around themselves, and they need to start looking at other people on the boat and helping where they can not isolating people you know and it's 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 all it takes and and we're talking about people we're talking about the internet on board and it's very easy for somebody to lock themselves in a cabin and and communicate solely with a with a an ipad or a phone and and forget what it's like to be a real person you know and, mm. and people as you say going back to you know the, the the initial steps that you have to go through to get in the industry i think you know a couple of hours spent discussing this in front of people and how you, and, and the other thing of course is how to deal with somebody once they do break down because once you've it's like you know once you've um say experienced it even if it's only play acting when it actually happens you can deal with it and you have something in your head that takes you down a path to, to help that person you know maybe they're whatever they're doing i mean we had that terrible death last year in the industry and we never want to see that again and even to this day i have no idea why that happened but um you know i think if if the 40 50 000 people in the industry actually maybe cared a bit more for those they don't care for at the moment that it, we'll see great results from it I think that's probably true for society in general, actually. You mm, know, yeah. Look up from your screens, look at the people around you, reach out. And yeah. if you're feeling it, reach out to family or friends or people that care mm. about you. And if not, get on a helpline. There is someone there listening and ready to mm -hmm. listen to you. 
and and there's also you know small companies that that do do counseling you know that you can develop a relationship with um mm. don't wait until you're at your final final length and if i could ask uh, roger just uh, as we wrap up here if there is somebody listening who does feel that they need to um reach out and talk to somebody where do they go um well you can come through to our helpline the best way to get in contact uh um, we, we work across a number, number of different channels, but if you go to our website, uh, seafarerhelp.org, then there's uh, the f- phone number, live chat, uh, um, WhatsApp number, etc. And then, as I said, if we can't help you, then uh, we, we will find some other some other organisation or person to, uh, to to support you. Great, and also Nautilus, um, you have resources as well. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we really have some information on our website, which is www.nautilusinc.org, and uh, Ice One run our 24-hour helpline for us as well. So if if a member calls them, then and it's something that we can help with, then they'll put them in touch with us. Brilliant. Um, thank you, William, for your advice um, to crew about mm. you know the importance of keeping your mental health up, like your physical health. So. Um, and and as a captain, the importance of, of keeping an eye on your crew because you're kind of the leader of that team. Um, yeah. That's a very important yeah. role on a smallish. Yeah, I just want to re- repeat the resources. There's, I mean, it's it's very very easy to talk to a psychologist remotely if you need, and there's also tons and tons of TED talks and um, podcasts and things that can just give you a kind of a step in the right direction if that's needed. Positive luck. Yep. And um, thank you, of course, Colin, for your personal input and your uh, well, your perspectives. <clears throat> I think one, one thing you said, Colin, which uh, I'll finish up on, which, which resonated a lot with me, is that people going through stress and anxiety and mental health issues often look at themselves and think there's nothing physically wrong with me. I don't have a broken arm. I don't have a broken leg. Mm. I'm just, mo- I'm a moaner. And, um, you know, uh, what William says there, that there are TED Talks, there are resources out there that can help you realize that actually what you're going through is worse than a broken leg. It's worse than a broken arm. It's, it's an invisible um, ailment. And, uh, you know, understand that I will yeah there are people out there to help I will say this um seeing somebody or being with somebody that's actually a human being so if you're on board a boat if you have somebody on the boat you can sit talk to have a good cry with that is worth 10 times it's worth talking to somebody over the internet or by email because it's it's it really is a personal thing you know and I think if there were people around on the docks that were renowned for say helping crew in difficulties that could could be seen to be um you know private people i you you what you're telling them wouldn't be passed on to other people i think that would be also something great to have around every marina i agree i agree we want yeah. to thank our panel and our four. Uh, our Indeed, uh, we were joined today. Uh, just left is Tim Clark from Key Crew. Um, we also had uh, Colin Square from Yachting Matters. Thank you, Colin. Uh, Debbie from Nautilus. Uh, Roger from Eyes One. 
and uh, thank you, Captain William Gold. Oh, Gould, excuse me. <laughs> thank you so much for your time today. It was lovely to have a, a chance to bring this to a discussion from people of different experiences. And to all those listening, wherever you are, you are not alone. There is help and support around you. And if you're one of those people supporting one of the people in need, uh, there is support for you too. So look out for the warning signs and let's be a community together. Thank you all for your time today. You have been listening to Supi Art Radio. Take care.